In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Welcome to Destination Delicious. This week is Memphis Food and Wine Festival. Today we have on the program Michelle Tribble, who is with Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, and she's actually with Hell's Kitchen. She's going to be here cooking. And then a little bit later, we're going to listen to what Marnie Anderson has to say about some of the wines that we don't want to miss on festival night Saturday. But first... St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is leading the way the world understands, treats, and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. Visit stjude.org to join the St. Jude mission, finding cures, saving children. Michelle Tribble, who is the head chef at Hell's Kitchen at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, is on the phone with us. Hello, Michelle. Hello. How are you doing today? Doing well. We're excited that you are coming to Memphis to cook this weekend at the Memphis Food and Wine Festival, and I want to talk to you about what you're going to be doing here. But first, I want you to tell everybody how it is that you came at age 26, am I right? Yes, I was 26 at the time, that's correct. To be in charge of the kitchen at a huge uh, uh, restaurant in Las Vegas. Okay, so Health Kitchen, of course, is Chef Ramsey's popular TV show that's been on since 2005, um, and I was happy to come back for season 17, which was an all-star season. I was also on season 14 um, at the age of 22, um, and I was super excited when they invited me to come back because as a fan of the show as well, doing an all-star season was something that I was always hoping that the show would do regardless if I would be a part of it or not. And then when I got the chance to do it again, I was like, of course I want a a second chance at winning the show. And the prize for the season 17 was to be chef at Hell's Kitchen Las Vegas, which is the first uh, restaurant of its kind based off of the hit TV show. So I was super excited when they announced that was the prize and it motivated me even more to win the competition, um, which I did end up doing. And I've been in, Las Vegas, working at Health Kitchen for the past year and a half, uh, a little bit after we opened, um, after the show ended. So it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun and a lot of hard work, of course. Well, I guess so. So how big is this restaurant at Caesars? How many people do you seat? Yeah, so the kitchen is um, pretty big. The dining room is very big. So we seat upwards of 300, 350 people at a time. So our opening hours are 11 a.m. to midnight. In those hours, we do feed upwards of 14, 1,500 people in a day. Um, And that's every single day. We're always busy. There's just so many fans of the show that want to get the opportunity to try the signature dishes like the beef wellington and the lobster risotto and the pan-seared scallops. These are all things from the TV show that people have been watching season after season. We've gone through 18 seasons now that have aired. And it just brings more fans, more people in every single day. People that have watched every season or just watched one season, they just want to try the food that Jeff Ramsey is so adamant about perfecting on the TV show. And now you have other people from the TV show Hell's Kitchen with you in the kitchen at at Caesars, right? Um, Not on a daily basis. Um, Chef Christina, who is a sous chef on 
Health Kitchen the past few seasons. She's our corporate executive chef, essentially. So she oversees all of Chef Ramsey's restaurants here in the United States, which includes the five restaurants he has in Las Vegas, the two in Baltimore. Uh, I'm sorry, the two in Atlantic City and the one in Baltimore, and then a couple more opening up soon. Um, so she is the one that um, comes in and oversees us um, from time to time. But currently, I'm the only winner of Health Kitchen working full time at Health Kitchen, the restaurant in Las Vegas. Well, that I know is a big job and particularly big for someone who's 26 years old. So congratulations to you on that win. It's a bit of a delayed uh, congratulations, but nonetheless, it's heartfelt. <laughs> Thank you. I want to talk to you about, well, first of all, you're from the South, right? You're from Dallas. I am. Dallas is not too far from Memphis. I think we just have Arkansas between us. <laughs> well, Arkansas is a long, seems a long time when I'm driving to Austin, but it's, uh, yeah, you're right. That's all just between us and you is, is Arkansas. The, so what did you grow up eating and how does that influence how you cook now? So being from Dallas, um, I was around so many different types of cuisine, but my grandmother's actually from Mississippi um, and then moved to Dallas when she was um, in college. So that Southern influence is definitely there. Uh, she would often make really Southern dishes like chicken fried steak and mashed potatoes and um, just really good home-cooked Southern food. Her holiday ham was like the best ham I've ever had. And also... She was just really good at making everything, like the bacon to oatmeal. Like, I just had really good, delicious, rich food growing up. And then on the other side of it, on my other side of the family, my um, grandparents are Mexican. So I grew up with that Southern influence, too, because we do border Mexico, of course. So um, it's not just about Southern, rich, hearty, like, food. It's also about the other cultures that are around us. So I grew up eating a lot of Tex-Mex food and um, things like that. But I'm also not a food snob. I'm very familiar with fast food because um, my grandparents grew up in that era where that was like, you know, the thing that came about and was popular then. But I have an elevated palate because I love eating. So I went to culinary school. So honestly, I'm a little bit all over the place with the things that I ate. But I think that's kind of what brought me to where we are today and why we're having this conversation. So well, yes. when you come to Memphis, you'll be in, uh, certainly for the Saturday night, maybe you'll, I don't know, are you going to be here for any of the other events or you're coming to cook on Saturday night, I know, at the festival. Um, what are you going to yes, cook? Yes, we will be at the festival and I will be present on Friday in Memphis as well because there are some things going on then too. What do you plan to cook? Do you know? Can you tell us what you've got going on? And you'll have, I guess, probably like a whole tent set up there or in the past, that's how it's been anyway. Yes, we will be at the Caesars tent. So I'm doing um, two different dishes, a savory and a sweet. Um, so the first dish that we're doing is a golden beet salad. And I know beets, of course, were popular in the South before they became a super trendy thing. Because nowadays you find a beet salad on, on every menu, but everyone does their own version of it. So we're actually going to be presenting the version that we do at the restaurant. So we can tie those two together. So if anyone like really, really loves our beef salad, they can come enjoy it at the restaurant too, because it will be on the menu this fall. So it's a golden beef salad that has seasoned yogurt, um, pistachio granola, some white balsamic vinaigrette, and a lovely herb salad on top. So that's going to be our savory. And then for our sweet, I grew up eating lots of peach cobbler. So I'm going to do um, a peaches and cream cheesecake because that's also like the fruit of the South too. Um, and my favorite fruit are peaches. So 
Um, that's going to be our dessert, peaches and cream cheesecake with a spiced peach puree, a little bit of vanilla bean whipped cream, and a peach chip uh, just to give it some texture on top. So those are the two dishes that we're going to be doing for the Memphis Food and Wine Festival next Saturday. Well, those sound delicious. But I also want to go back because I read about this beet salad online when I was reading about you before we did this podcast. And the beet salad, it sounded so good. And the pistachio granola sounded really interesting. So what is that? Tell me how you make pistachio granola. So we toast some pistachios, um, and then there's some other seeds that we put in there as well. Um, Quinoa is something that we cook, and then we puff it up in the fryer to give it even more texture. So that's another, uh, adds a little grain element to it. And then we use uh, Masago Arare, which is a small little rice pearl, and that helps give it even more crunch. So we've got all those different textures going on. We season it up a bit with a little bit of salt, a little bit of cardamom. And then it's all bound together by some honey, which most granolas are. And then we bake it, and then it's just this nice, glossy, seedy, spiced uh, granola that goes really well with the beef. So it's sort of a sweet and savory. It sounds delicious. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I can't wait for you to try it. I can't either. I'll be there. Have you been to Memphis before? I've never been to Memphis. I'm super excited about it because I've, of course, heard great things and it's in the South and it's right there and I've never been and I have no excuse except for that I've just never been to Memphis. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I've only driven through Dallas and I'm a lot older than you are. But I, I drive through Dallas a lot, a whole lot. So what uh, what are you planning to do when you're here besides the festival? Do you have any barbecue you plan to eat? Anything else on your on your list? I do want to try some barbecue just because being from Texas, that's like Texas barbecue is, is what we're proud of. Like, a bunch of smoke. I've never had true Memphis barbecue. And I'm not like, again, I'm not like a food snob. So I'm not going to be like, oh, Texas barbecue is way better. I mean, I'm prideful of my state, of course, but I'm really excited to try some Memphis barbecue too. Well, and you should be prideful of your state, but you definitely are not going to say, oh yeah, Texas barbecue is much better. I'll tell you, this is one thing I do <laughs> we'll when, see. When, <laughs> when I go see my daughter and my stepdaughter both live in Austin and they live on opposite ends of the town. And so it's hard. Austin, you know, the traffic is terrible. And we'll always say, let's do this and let's meet somewhere for barbecue. And they finally have both started saying, why do you always think we want barbecue? When we want barbecue, we come home. And I always say, good, because that's what I'm, you know, I don't really want to have to drive all the way over here for this barbecue place. But but they do have really good brisket. I have to say, brisket, and I do enjoy the beef ribs. is probably the best that I can pull out of my head right now. That's like really great. Salt Lake is really good too and often. But yeah, we'll see how Memphis holds up. <laughs> well, I think you're going to like it. I'm looking forward to seeing what you think about it anyway. Um, so okay, tell us, so what is Gordon Ramsay like? Is he really just a pussycat? Is he really just such a nice guy and this is all an <laughs> act? Surely that's the case. Honestly, he's just like um, any other person. Like in, in any job that you're in, you're a professional, you get what needs to get done, you teach people the way that they need to get taught. And then outside of work, you know, we're all normal. We, we like to do our, our hobbies and we're nice. And that's just like how Chef Ramsey is. He um, is very tough, but he has good reason to be. He runs a very large restaurant group. And Hell's Kitchen, the show, is essentially a job interview. So, he needs to know that we can handle the pressure of the job that we're taking. Because, of course, 
Um, we do take the job. The prize is real. We really do go and, and work in these restaurants, and we really do have to do the job. So if you can't handle the show, then surely you're not going to be able to handle the job. And um, outside of that, he's a wonderful person. When he comes into the restaurant, he shakes everybody's hand that's working. He says hello to everybody because he knows how hard we work to to make sure that we're upholding his standards. And he also takes time to say hello to the guests and take pictures with them because he knows how important that is to the people coming to eat in his restaurant. So um, he's the best of both worlds, if you want me to be honest with you. He's great um, professionally and personally. Well, and you've stayed on. You were awarded a one-year um, job, right? But you've stayed on for a year and a half, you said? Is that how it works at the end of the show? Don't you get a year? Something like that. So they they state the prize as an annual salary. And I think a lot of people assume it's just a year. But it's just like any other job where you come on and, and you, you do your job as long as you as you want to stay or something else brings you away. So, yeah, I've been fortunate to still, of course, be in the position here about a year and a half now. And I don't have any plans on leaving anytime soon. It's a great experience um, running a restaurant. And being a part of the team, because surely I'm not doing it on my own. We have a great front of house staff, a great back of house staff, and they all work really well together. Um, just like a well-oiled machine, we do what needs to get done and, and make sure that we're upholding the standards of Caesar's Palace and Chip Ramsey, of course. Well, it sounds like you're doing a great job. It sounds like you're going to be a real asset to our festival. We're looking forward to having you here. I think you're going to like Memphis. I think you'll like the barbecue and everything else you eat. And uh, maybe after you try some of it, you can come back and tell us what you think about it. Of course, I'd love to. <laughs> Thanks so much, Michelle. We'll see you this weekend. Thank you. The Destination Delicious podcast is brought to you by FedEx. FedEx delivers more than just packages or pallets. We deliver possibilities. Joining me now is Marnie Anderson. Marnie is the Vice President of Wine at Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits of Tennessee, and they are the wine sponsor for Memphis Food and Wine Festival. Hey, Marnie. Good morning. We have got a huge list of wines. I've been looking over these since I got the list, and I am really excited about a lot of the wines that you've got coming in this year. Tell me a couple that I just can't miss. Let's talk about some of those. Well, it really is a very exciting lineup. We're very proud to be able to say that we have so many wonderful wineries participating in this event this year. We're particularly excited that we have a late-breaking entry, and that is Sherlon Champagne. And this is a joint venture with Isaiah Thomas. And although he will not be at the event pouring, his staff will be there, and this will be the introduction of these wines to the Memphis market. These are fabulous, real champagnes from the Champagne region of France, and they are just absolutely stunning wines. So you heard it here first. This is late-breaking wine news. This is exciting. I'm glad to hear about that. And, I mean, there's going to be other sparkling wines, too, but this is champagne, as you just said. So absolutely, be sure to get Yes, there. we're going to have wines from all over the world. We're going to have red, white, rosé. We're going to have something for everyone. You know, something that uh, I noticed on here also we want to mention that Cornerstone, which has uh, Memphis owners, uh, Drug, uh, Michael Dragutsky and some other people, um, is going to be pouring. And that's not something you always see around here. These are nice wines. This is something people should. No, Memphis should be very proud of that. Uh, pouring their whole selection of wines that are currently available and primarily Cabernet Sauvignon, but with some surprises, we have a Sauvignon Blanc and also a Rosé of Pinot Noir that is new and a 
Pinot Noir from the uh, Santa Barbara district of California. I just saw that rosé, and that that's, I'm unfamiliar with that. I haven't. Uh, I've, I think I had a rosé, maybe when a stepping stone, but I didn't know Cornerstone had one. So I love a rosé, and I know a lot of people do. So we're looking forward to that. Hey, it's going to be cold though. It, isn't that going to be great? We're going to get to wear our sweaters on. On Saturday it's night. It's going to be wonderful, yes. So we're going to have lots of big red wines to drink during that cool evening. What are some of the Dry Creek, uh, Dry Creek Vineyard is going to be here, and that's also going to be the wines that will be poured on Thursday night at the Chef's Dinner at uh, at Acre. That the, uh, not Absolutely. Just, Very special wines from California. These are really good. I'm looking forward to that. Is that very, I mean, very good. Okay, good, good. And also we're going to have wines from Bernardas from the Santa Lucia Highlands in California. They're going to be pouring three single vineyard Pinot Noirs from the Santa Lucia Highlands, oh my which goodness. is going to be a great treat. And then there are some things on there that people may be a little bit more familiar with that, that we know that you love, like I mean, there's uh, the Miraval Rosé that everybody likes. There's Schramsberg, which are... And the Whispering Angel Rosé, which everyone loves. That's true. I see that one right here. Now, what is the palm? I've heard something about that. The palm by Whispering Angel, that's also a rosé, yes. right? It's a little more affordable, but a very fun rosé from the south of France and made by Whispering Angels. So it, it is indeed a more affordable version of the Whispering Angel. I haven't tried that one yet, but I have heard quite a few people ask me about that. So um, that'll That'll be good. Hey, Silver Oak is on here. I was at a Silver Oak dinner just a couple of weeks ago. That'll be nice. Uh, Will Charlie Campbell? Oh, that's such a remarkable wine, yes. I guess be there. And something I think is kind of interesting. Oh, also Toomey, which will be, I guess, that set up with Silver Oak. They're, what, Brother Vineyards? Is that right? It's the same company. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then there's going to be, uh, Cobram will be pouring high-end sakis correct? Yes, and this is a part of the wine industry that not a lot of people are familiar with, but I urge everyone to try them. They're really excellent wines. I'm looking forward to that and looking forward to figuring out exactly what, here's the fun thing about it, and you know this, but let's let's talk a little bit about it if we can uh, for people who maybe haven't been to the festival before. When you get there, you're going to be given a brochure and you'll want to look, okay, here are the wines, and then It'll tell you where everybody is and what they're making. So you want to try to, as best you can, and it's not going to be as easy as you think, but you want to try to maybe say, oh, I think this wine will pair well with that food and get over there and try them together. Would you agree with that? I would. You're right. It's not going to be quite <laughs> that easy. <but laughs> You'd agree with that, too. Booths are going to be pouring a variety of wines, so... You will have options with the food choices, many, many options. And it might be better, yeah, pick out your food and then go to, say, I want to try a wine from, uh, you know, this winery and go over and say, here, you know, I want a red, I want a white, yes. I want a... Most of the wineries are pouring new selections this year. So even if you think you've tasted the wines from that winery, you might be surprised there are a lot of new entries. And you said there's going to be somebody here from Germany? Yes. Who is and who, German wines are often overlooked, but it is October, and that is usually when German wines are promoted, Oktoberfest. And they're really great food wines because they're very high in acid and they're easy to drink and not so high in alcohol. So I think people will get a chance to try some new wines from Germany. We're going to have a selection of 
uh, Rieslings and some new varieties, including Pinot Noir from Germany, which is becoming quite popular. You know, I don't think, well, I know I've never had a Pinot Noir from Germany, so that'll be something to go on my list. They're very good. Uh, I'll put it on my list. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Rombauer is. There's going to be some big reds there. We were talking about the reds and and the yes, cold weather. People think of Rombauer and Chardonnay, but Rombauer makes excellent big reds. There, I have a friend who always gives me a bottle of Rombauer, and I think it's a cab. I think for my birthday, I'm pretty sure it might be a Zen, but I, for some reason, that's just sort of become a tradition in the last few years, and it's always been a nice wine. Um, I am really looking forward to this year's festival. I am. Honestly, I was looking at the pictures from uh, the last festival, and I don't know if you remember. I know you were out there, and it was hot. It, it was like— It was very hot. It was. It we're was, so glad to have this break in the weather. I know. It was like, next, you know, last week. So this will—I think it'll be really nice. Everybody can get on their, their sweaters and come out and put on your boots and get out into Memphis Botanic Garden on Saturday night. We're going to have lots of food, lots of wine, music, lots of fun. You can still get tickets at memphisfoodwinefestival.org. Marnie, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Looking forward to seeing you. You can subscribe to this podcast and others from the Daily Memphian anywhere you get podcasts, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Eat Drink Memphis and keep up with our monthly events at dailymemphian.com slash delicious. For the Destination Delicious podcast, I'm Jennifer Biggs. We deliver olives, Greek sandals, and everything you need to relive that perfect trip to the Mediterranean. But what you really get when FedEx knocks on your door is so much more. FedEx delivery. Memories. What we deliver by delivering. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.